hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the Reaching and Teaching Podcast presented by CEI Esports. I'm your host, Robinson. I'm joined by my co-host, Johnny. Yo. Johnny, we've done a lot of episodes. We have. We've interviewed Gallo, mm-hmm. Dave Fry, yep. JBM, Best yep. Friends Club, yep. Black Frank White. Yep. We even interviewed director, Brent, Brendan Donahue. Shout out to Brendan. But we've never done a multi-person interview. This is a big uh, little stream we got going on right now. This is a big stream right now. Four-person stream? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, it is time. We have two guests here from the NBA 2K League commentators. We got Dirk and we got Harris Rubenstein. Clap it up. How's it going, guys? How you boys oh, doing? Wait, who's this? Hey, hey, okay, okay. Harris the moves, okay. Right, how's it going, guys? Oh, I'm going to say he's sipping water. I'll speak. Yeah, I know. I'm doing <laughs> real good. Do that timing. Do doing real good. Uh, half ass my workout, but here we are. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's 1.03 in the afternoon, and I just got out of bed, so that should tell you how my day is going. Uh, <laughs> feeling good. It's been a good week so far. <laughs> you guys had a crazy night last night, and it's Friday, so who cares? You had a week workout there. The weekend is yeah. coming. Do your thing. We're having... It's good. Guys Fourth of July dudes. weekend, actually, bro. Fourth of July weekend mm-hmm. is upon us. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not sure if you remember us, but we met you during the All-Star event when um, Nick was... We were playing football when we were outside, and Nick... Uh, said dragged someone playing CI and then I yanked this thing because like, he couldn't guard me. So yeah, you, but you were guarding me. That doesn't make any sense. Run the I remember Nacho trying to throw uh, throw a football and almost denting a car. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, but uh, let's get started. Let's start off from the journalistic sense because you guys cover it as from a media standpoint. Did you guys, um, Harris? I'll start off with you. You've been covering the league for a while. Did you always want to be in media when it, when it comes to coverage? Yeah, so uh, we just had our, our locked-in uh, release for, like, all the talent. And one of the things I mentioned is that I've been trying to – sports broadcasting is all I really wanted to do. I've been going to sports broadcasting camps since I was 10 years old. So wow. this is this was just kind of, like, part of the – I don't want to say the plan, but this is just, like, what I always wanted to do. This was the goal. Uh, but, you know, I think I think what's important to recognize is that when it comes to being in media or being a broadcaster is that there's just, like, so many different ways to actually get into it. Like – you know, I originally got into this, wanted to be like a local sports anchor, right? Like covering high school wrestling in Idaho or something like that, right? But, you know, you just you just kind of have to be ready for everything. I remember when the, the NBA 2K League first hired me, they hired me to be uh, basically a social media uh, publisher for them. So social, covering the website, you know, the, the whole works of it. But, you know, by the time we ended season three, I was like, I can't do this social media anymore. It's like a 16 hour a day job. I want to go do something else. Uh, and, you know, I've been trying, I've been bothering Matt Arden, the head of content for a while. Like, Hey, just give me an air test, see what I got. And I got my first chance during the season four uh, NBA 2K league draft. Uh, the only draft that Dirk didn't, uh, didn't broadcast for I think if Dirk was on that broadcast, mm. I might not have been. Oh, season, season three. three. Season four. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, se- season four, I, uh, yeah, I got a chance on the draft, uh, had a great time. They liked me and I have not missed a broadcast since. And, and also it sounds like autumn is actually going to miss a broadcast this year. So I'll be the only broadcast in the NBA 2K league to broadcast for two years straight. So take that Derek. Autumn, a friend of the show. You hear that? Harris is calling you out, Autumn. Oh, she, uh, she, she's got the, a really cool opportunity, uh, at some point, but no, for, for real, it's, it's a, it's a blessing to be a part of this broadcast team, man. We're, we're, we're an interesting bunch. I, I think you could put us up against any team in esports, and I think we're probably as good, if not better. Yeah, and we, mm-hmm. we just had Scott Cole. He's missing his yep. first ever 2K League event this week. And then we have Autumn Johnson, friend of the show. Yes, yes. And she's missing a week, so shout out to her. But, Dirk, how about what made you want to be a part of the 2K League? Obviously, 
you want to obviously you want to be as a player, but you want you still want to be a part of that space. So what made you want to be a part of that space still? Because now this is almost like your second career at this point, right? Like you know, because fans probably know you now as more of a commentator almost. Watching yeah, league. this is. I mean, this has been my main thing now uh, since the league started. So I've like five years full time, uh, mm-hmm. just doing just strictly league stuff. For me, the like my goal and. Well, first off, let me get this out of the way. I'd never wanted to broadcast a day in my life. I, 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 I never, um, I never had trouble speaking in front of crowds. Like I was, a, I was a theater guy, so like I'm, I'm good at like public speaking, performing, like all those different things. But do you have to have a specific style of voice for broadcasting? And back when I was growing up, I just didn't have it. So like there was no confidence in that. Because I remember, I still keep in contact. Uh, with one of my teachers who always would push me. Like, I don't know what he saw in me, but he, he must have been right because I, I saw him at a wedding. His sister got married and I went down there. And the first thing I went up there, shook his hand and I said, thank you. Because like a lot of teachers, right, when you're growing up, a lot of them don't have faith in you to mm-hmm. do certain things. Maybe they see something you don't see in yourself. So I like thanked him because this is back like my freshman year of high school. He's like, dude, join the speech team. We're going to put you in the radio competition. Like, I swear to God, like, you're going to go places doing this. I'm like, oh, my, oh, hell no. Like, I'm not <laughs> doing that. And so he always saw something. But for me, like, I always – I was born in England, so, like, I didn't have any experience with basketball until I moved to the U.S. when I was 10. So I was a big soccer guy. That's the only sport that I watched. I moved to the U.S., discovered basketball, discovered the Dallas Mavericks, discovered Dirk Nowitzki, and I was like, wow, I actually love this thing. So I actually started out when I was 14, 15 years old. Uh, there was this – I can't remember the name of the website. It, it, it was like Hoops Nation or something. It was a very small basketball website. And I was like the beat writer for the Mavericks. So I would write the, like the post recaps, the pregame recaps, and like all these things when I was 15 years old. And I'd like make however much like per thing. So that was like my, I, I wanted to do that. Like I always used to look up to beat writers that were a part of teams and kind of be like, okay, can I have any advice? I'd link up with them on Twitter. Uh, and then years went by. And it was actually my senior year of high school. I kept everything quiet, what I was doing in the video game stuff. And that's when I first started commentating. That's my senior year. So it's back in, it's like December, 2012. So mm-hmm. going into almost like the second half of my senior year of high school. And yeah, I've been doing that ever since. Started off in Call of Duty, dabbled in Gears of War. Uh, I've done some Apex before. Uh, but then when the league rolled around, right? It's like everybody, if you're a fan of basketball, why not? We want to be involved with the biggest basketball organization in, in the entire world. So that's where I kind of capitalized on the opportunity. Because I was still playing 2K at this time. So it's like I figured out what basketball was. My friend introduced me to 2K10. I was like, this is the best game I've ever played in my, in my life. And from that point on, I've been playing 2K ever since. So it was kind of like a no-brainer for me that, hey, there's a video game league for the sport that I love more than anything, so why not try to pursue it? So, Harris, you said that you've been pursuing sports broadcasting since you were 10, and I feel that. I'm a recent grad of journalism myself, so I respect it. But uh, obviously, when you were 10... Unless there's something I'm not sure of. NBA 2K League wasn't around when you were 10. So what made you want to be a part of this league and pursue your career? Well, you know, I kind of found the NBA 2K League by accident. Uh, I was working for a sports media company called Chat Sports in Dallas when the league was first announced. And I remember thinking, oh, this is cool. You know, I know that esports is really starting to ramp up. I mean, this was 2018, right? Esports Mm -hmm. was, at least in America, still kind of, I don't want to say it's in its infancy, but like it wasn't what it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember they announced it. I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, you know, each team is going to have their own team. Wow, it's really interesting. And then I never thought about the league again until (laughs) I left that job and I started, I was just applying for jobs, right? You know, I was a 23 year old dude trying to you know find his second job in the sports media industry i was 18 months graduated out of college um i saw the job posting and i was like 
man, I could combine basketball and video games and do that as a job. It was like my two favorite things. That sounds pretty killer for a 23-year-old. But what really got me attached to this league, like, I, it's, it's so hard to explain because you you don't know what this league is until you are physically like in the building and you like understand like what is actually going on. And that first week, so my first day of work was the first day of season two, uh, first day of season two of the tip off. Uh, that week, I still like blacked out of my mind because it was the craziest <laughs> week of my life. I was working 15 hour days. I was in the studio until two in the morning. I was taking $80 Ubers back and forth from Long Island City to Hoboken, New Jersey. Like it was just the weirdest week of my life. And I was addicted to it. I was completely hooked after week one. What, what kept me coming back though, because you know, I think w- what you're taught when you're a journalism major in college is that you're supposed to job hunt. You're supposed to job jump, right? You're supposed to go from one job, 18 months, two years, whatever, job jump, salary jumps, whatever. And what kept me coming back was the people. Like the, the esports fun, the game is cool, but this league is all about the people. This is the most diverse group of people that you will ever find in the world in terms of backgrounds, cultures, financial backgrounds, uh, where they live geographically. It just it's 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 everything. It's everything you could ever want as a guy in their twenties. Like I've met some friends that I'll have for the rest of my life because of this league. And you know, once COVID hit it kind of, I don't want to say it ended like the job jumping for me, but once COVID hit and it kind of changed everybody's perspective, I was like, you know what? We got a pretty killer thing going on here, man. I got some great friends. We're on broadcast every single day. We're talking about basketball. Like, you know, how many, how many other places as a 26, 27 year old, am I going to be able to get 80 days of broadcasting over the course of like a full summer? Like it's just like this opportunity just doesn't exist anywhere else on the planet. So for me, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a no brainer to stick around. Yeah, it's definitely been something that I've been paying attention to myself because, like I said, I've worked, I've talked, I spoke with Scott Cole. Oh, we got breaking news. We have, we have, a, special, we have guest. a special guest. We have Big Perm. Oh, oh, yes. Big Perm. Big Perm. What's up, Perm? So, number one, I've never forgiven Dirt for beating me in DC. I think it's almost two years ago now. <laughs> and Harris, Harris redeemed himself. Harris redeemed himself in Vegas. He was a lot of smack talk against Big Perm, but in Vegas, he, he definitely did me right. But yeah, treat my guys as CI yeah. right. I just wanted to stop in. I love you guys. Dirk, you look great, do, bro. I love the mustache. Say hi. <laughs> they said they love you too. Thanks for coming to say hi. He has a whole big presentation to do now. Big perm, big perm. Big perm's made an nice, appearance. Nice. But anyways, you guys, you guys have a close knit group. It's you, Scott Cole, Autumn Johnson, both it's a, of you. It's a family. It sounds it is, like it, it is sounds a like family. Like what you described over the course of the last, you know, for you, like three, four years, that it's almost a family you guys have built. And I know that the league is expanding, it's kind of growing, but it's still like that core knit group of people that like probably behind the scenes and obviously Dirk and, and Harris, you guys are on camera along with all of them and, and company. So do you feel like that's the aspect of the 2K league that kind of like separates itself from other professional esports leagues? Is that that kind of family knit group that's all working together to kind of make this league the best it could possibly be? Yeah. I, I do think so because like the good part about our league, right, is I mean there's there's a lot of longevity in other esports of like they're like the commentators will be there kind of for however long they want to be there. Maybe they'll yep. move up to a different position or go to like a different esport. But for us, like when you look at it right from the broadcast team perspective, so me and Scott obviously been here since season one. Harris jumped in on season two, Autumn also jumped in on season two. So now we have all these people from like the grassroots almost of the league that yep. are still involved. And then from that point on, you can just add more pieces. In. Boom. You, you know, you bring in India. He's on the broadcast team. We got JT, who's a player now that's on the broadcast. Jasmine doing sideline stuff, Miss Basketball. So it's just a kind of like an evolution. But I think that's what kind of makes it special is that 
they haven't like okay we had this core for season one it's like cool let's completely do a platoon swap mm-hmm. and do this like there's been that consistency now that yeah like we lost like a couple of people along the way but the new people coming in was in the early enough stages to where everything feels natural like we all hang out outside of the game right we'll chill down and the hotel lobby, go get food, do some preparation before, after the shows, we'll sit down in the hotel lobby. It's like two o'clock in the morning, not even realizing how long we just talked about the games or trade scenarios that could potentially happen. Like all the, all this crazy different things. So I, I think that kind of sums it up and kind of makes it unique. I feel like with us. And Harris, what about you? What do you think makes this group so special when it comes to competing with other esports leagues? The, man, the, the talent that this group has is, like, d- ridiculous. I mean, I think what's so cool about, like, man, I don't, I don't mean to, like, insult other esports, but you watch the <laughs> broadcast teams and, like, it's not that their heart isn't in it. It's just that, like, it's they are broadcasters, yeah. right? It's, it's a job. They're mm-hmm. broadcasters. So they are sitting there broadcasting. I, I feel like we, we, we just kind of have a different angle on it. Like, I feel like we just kind of have a, a different feel and a different – uh, attachment to what you're watching than other esports do. Like, I think Call of Duty does this really well with, like, you know, a couple of the guys like Merck and Maven, I think, do a really good job of, like, kind of having you experience what they are experiencing with them. And I feel like League of Legends does this great, too. But, like, I, I watch some other, like, high-end esports, and they're just casters, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of just a paycheck for them. But, like, you go down the line for, like, our broadcast team, and, like, we're all really into this stuff, <laughs> and we're also all really into each other. Mm-hmm. So, it's just a really rare combination. And I think what's also really important is that <laughs> besides Scott, Scott's kind of like our, our fun dad, we're all the same age, right? Like, like Dirk mm-hmm. and I are the same age. Autumn is like six months younger than us. Indy is, like, I think, like four or five years older than us. Like, we're all, we're all kind of just like here. We're all on the same wavelength. And, you know, I think the family environment is, is like a good note, but, you know, we, you know, you can have a great family of broadcasters and be bad, right? <laughs> All is that we have so much talent on this team. Like, I feel like this is going to be one of those broadcast teams that uh, kind of like how you can like look at a college basketball team now. If, like you go look at like the 2013 Kentucky Wildcats or something. You're like, <laughs> all those guys were on the same team at the same time. What? And I feel like that's going to be us. Like you look back on like 10 years and we're going to look at like season five of the NBA 2K League and you're going to have like, Dirk will be on like, you know, uh, you know, covering like East, you know, covering like professional soccer in Europe or something. Autumn's going to be like hosting <laughs> on ESPN. I'll be calling like play by play for the Boston Celtics, taking over for Mike Gorman one day. Like, nice. okay. guy will be like, be like, wow, it's like 2033. Do you guys remember back in 2022? What are, like that two game league broadcast team looks like? We'll have like 30 combined Emmys and stuff. <laughs> like it, it's, it's going to be nuts to look back on this team and recognize like just how much talent we have in the room right now. And I don't know if really any esport can like really say that a lot of their people are like established and they've been around for a long time. We're, uh, we're, 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 we're storming the castle. <laughs> so we're going to put, the, we're going to make this clip okay. and then we're going to put in Harris and say, Eat your heart out, esports. <laughs> these guys sell these shots. Anyways, um, a couple more questions from the uh, media side, and then we'll move on to the 2K League side. Obviously, you guys have some people with journalistic backgrounds, and then you have people. You're a journalist, bro. Let, let me know, bro. Columbia grad. Shout out to you. Columbia grad. Clap it up for Rob one time, man. Clap it up, man. Come on, man. Robinson Perez is definitely a, a Columbia grad of journalism, and that is his career goals in life. So, Harris. I think you and him need to have a future talk for sure about like you know you kind of getting on that wave. So you can be have the Emmys, bro. I want to see you on TV, my guy. Broadcast. I'm gonna give you a hug when we're done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so 
you guys have the people with the journalistic backgrounds and then you have the people that in the 2K backgrounds. How do you guys make that work? Do you guys have conversations to make that chemistry work? Because obviously... Is there a training curve as well? Like, no. Because Dirk, you do the three-on-three... You're you're the play by play, but when you're with Scott Cole, you're the you're the color commentator. So talk about that dynamic. So it, it's weird, right? Because that's what makes our group unique. Uh, I think apart from myself in India, none of us have like any professional broadcast training. Like have been to like school for something like that. Like mm-hmm. Scott's obviously been there, Autumn as well. And then there's just like me who's just come up through esports organically, and then India kind of jumping into it. So that that's what I always find you know, kind of interesting. And that's where the curve did jump in for me because through my time out when I did Call of Duty, uh, with the pairings of the groups that we'd have, like for what we were doing, we had about, we go through maybe like, you, you commentate with a different person every like other series that you would do. So like Call of Duty events, would, it, you'd be put for the ring and they would start at like 11 o'clock in the morning and you'd go to like 1 a.m. So like you're commentating maybe six best of fives in, uh, in a night and you're doing it with different people each time. So for some of the roles I had to do play by play, some of the roles I was an analyst and color commentator. So you like you had to kind of flip it. And then going into the league, right, with with a game like Call of Duty that's so fast paced, like a hard point game mode, right? It, it's always nonstop. You don't get ever get a break. I had to learn, and this is where Scott came in and helped greatly of like, damn, I have to slow down the way I speak. I don't have much time to speak as I would maybe in Call of Duty, because like I always got told anywhere between 30 to 45 seconds is your go and then you pause and then boom and then they go so that was a that was the the hardest part but it got a rhythm scott's so good at what he does but then for 3v3 this is why i like doing it so much in terms of play-by-play because i feel like i kind of get to go back to my call of duty style of commentating it's always fast paced there are some stops in play but once that game gets like 18, 18, and boom, you can get a three for the win. That's when everything like kind of kicks up a notch. Mm-hmm. So that that's why I enjoy it so much. So I don't really it, it, it there isn't a bit I, I remember after the first three v three, I came back home for the five v five and I was like, damn, everything is so slowed down now. That's like my first reaction. Like, fuck, I gotta get back into this rhythm of Scott's like the main person, and then I jump in after each possession for like five seconds, five to ten seconds. So that, that's probably been like the only like, adjustment that I can really think of for myself in between jumping those and kind of switching up my roles. So Harris, from your perspective, what do you tell people that want to get into the media space? Obviously, you did a lot of grinding. You did a lot of work. And esports can be different because it's people that I don't think it's a, an immediate thing that people think about compared to traditional sports. So what do you think you should tell people that want to get into it eventually as well? Hard work beats talent every time. It doesn't matter to the people you meet in this industry that have a lot of talent. It's all about working on your craft. And like, if, if you if you outwork the people who are around you, you will outsucceed them. And and I think that the sports media field is is littered. It is littered with talented people who are charismatic. They're fun. They do good. That get to a certain point, they think like, all right, that's enough. But it's it's not enough. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you you gotta like you gotta do the extra work. Like you gotta be there. Like you have to like work at what you're doing and and i think that can show itself in in multiple different ways like right like as a broadcaster like that's not like dirk isn't standing in front of a mirror practicing calls like maybe he is i don't know but like working on your craft as a broadcaster is not necessarily like uh like practicing it's mostly just like 
It's noticing while you're broadcasting the things that you can do better. It's receiving criticism from people and applying that to to make yourself better. And also, even on the like, you know, I'm I'm also the beat writer for the NBA 2K League this year. Like, that's another thing. Like, if you don't want to be on the broadcast side of things, you want to be on the digital side or the social side. The same thing still applies. There will be people that write better than you, who's they, they sound better than you do. But if you are able to outwork them, you're able to outreport them. You're able to get better scoops. You're able to. I don't want to say get out more articles because you still want them to be good, but it's just about the work and the preparation that you put in. And I think that when you're trying to get into this field, so often people just like sit and hang on their talent and they sit on it. Like I could have done the same thing. Like I think I have a decent amount of natural talent at this, but like, I'm not going to let that go to waste. Like you gotta kind of hit that extra gear at some point. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough field to get in. And that's the one thing I think about this industry that people don't realize is like, we are in Indianapolis, right, to do this event. That's really cool. I don't live in Indianapolis. <laughs> I, I, I live in Delray Beach, Florida. Like, I left my fiance at home. Like, I haven't seen her in, like, a week and a half because she was traveling for work the week before. I left my dog at home. Like, we, we're, we're leaving things behind to come and do this. You have to be ready for the sacrifice that comes with this job. You can get a 95 and stay at home all the time. Be in full control of your time, PTO, all that jazz. Or you can do what we do and have six months out of the year where we have no control over our time or schedule. And then the other six months out of the year, we have complete control and nobody watching over us at all. And there's no structure to it. So you just have to be ready for the very weird sacrifices that come with this job. And you just have to be ready to manage your time. Because oh, holy cow, you could drive yourself mad. You could end up getting out of bed at one in the afternoon. Like there's just so much that you have to be like weirdly prepared for that just like it's it's fun on the outside, but like while you're experiencing, you're like, the hell's what the hell am I doing? <laughs> it's it's fun to look back on and say, hey, I did that. And then the complacency it, it always you gotta you can make sure it never kicks in. I can't wait to be 45 years old and tell Mike, you know, have the, the old kid on my knee and be like, well, kids, back when I was 26 years old, like, it's just crazy to explain what we're actually doing right now. And then Uncle Dino will be like, this is your Uncle Dirk. We met broadcasting video games. They're going to be like, what are video games? Like, <laughs> so let's move on to the 2K League. Well, we don't have a lot of time left, but we'll try to make it fast. So how would you describe for both of you guys this NBA 2K season, season five, in one word? Who oh, asked a good question? Ooh, stump stump them, stump them. <laughs> Dramatic. Dramatic. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I'll, I'll add, I'll add a theater. Yes. This has been the most insane season just with trades in general. This has been like, oh. That's what I think it is. I think yeah. like this year, for some reason, like we, we have trades obviously years prior, but there's just like the magnitude of some of these trades yeah. and what's been going down and how quickly they've been happening because we had this debate at the start of the year right with the regular season structure kind of being gone people are like is it too soon to make trades i think me and harris were like one of the two that agreed like hell no it's not too soon to make trades every game counts you can't yep. sit there and be like we start own five in the regular season uh we can pull this back around yeah. we got another like 20 games to go no 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 with the with the tournament structure and every game counting to try to get towards the playoffs i'm like if something's not where you're in a honeymoon stage and things are already looking this damn bad <laughs> someone's gotta go but that's what i think has made this season like the like i it blew my mind still uh when this past uh week when i saw mom i'm that man in a warrior's jersey standing behind cb13 with a headset on like, those are two of the greatest <laughs> point guards that have ever touched the 2k league 
and they're about to be at backcourt for 5v5 for the first time. Like, that is just a crazy thing to to even imagine that mm-hmm. dude, like those two caliber of players are going to be playing side by side. So that's that's why it's it's been given, like, it's not like the season hasn't had life, but it's boosted up so much. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that we have to sit there and wait because these trades go down and 3v3 happens. So we're sitting there, we're like, damn, we haven't seen these guys in 5v5 exactly. yet. Like and then it builds piece. up the excitement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like – Maybe the NBA is following their footsteps. We don't know with <laughs> NBA stuff that's going on in real life. And it, it is a tease because you sit there. It's like when Kevin Durant got injured. He's with that Nets. The whole first year he sat on, you're like seeing, you're seeing my mom, dad, man, and just the Warriors pull. I'm like, can't, it's just, you just can't, you can't wait to see what happens. But for, as of right now, first of all, that handles Knicks game as of this recording. Woo! Was watching handles, man. I, Dirk, you're. I, I felt the vo- your voice going through my veins. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was just going crazy. This is just, what Harris says to me. He goes, it's like, man, it's like it's weird. Like when you when your calls, it's like you don't start off like slowly and like build up. You go straight to a ten and then go to like a fifteen. That's an audio, <laughs> like a fucking big screen. Dude, the head, dude, the shot that Elite had last night. It's almost like Dirk peaked too early. Realized he peaked too early. He's like, I gotta go deep into my back. I like went off another shot just for like the shot to go in. Like that's what three v three is like. So fun is especially when like a guy doesn't green a shot. Is that I feel like three v three is so much more unpredictable than five v five. Like five v five, like you can tell what's gonna happen over the course of a game right like it's you're never it's so random to get like a double digit comeback in a Mm -hmm. in a 5v5 game but for a 3v3 game man the second that momentum flips like you feel like you instantly feel Mm -hmm. like that handles team man they were off like what 20 to 12 last night Derek and and all of a sudden a steal here a missed shot there and like all of a sudden the Knicks are like three 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 (laughs) there's just like the momentum swings are are nuts and they're crazy and I think one thing that's really cool about this season too is that you have like all these different factors clashing all at once, right? You got these season one and season two veterans who are finally back on stage really for the first time in three years. They're all trying to get a title because maybe some of them are looking to retire. You have all the new kids from season three and season four who have never really played on stage before that are trying to make a name for yourself. Then you have this weird rookie class that is both immediately very talented and also kind of bad who are also really trying to prove themselves. So everybody's just trying to catch this piece of the pie. <laughs> but ironically, who, who are the teams that have won? It's it's the, the, the Wizards, mm-hmm. who are the all-time leader in money. Yeah. It's the Sixers, <laughs> who are number three all-time in most money made. And it's the T-Wolves, who are number two in all-time money made. So it's like, it's like oh, yeah, oh, great. Like, you're all trying real hard. Uh, <laughs> we, we know who the Kings are. <laughs> so who do you think is the favorite to look out for from a 5v5 perspective? Because obviously it's what you guys have been doing since season one. Who mm-hmm. do you think is, like, the team, like, this is the team? Is it still the Wizards? Obviously they lost JBM, but... Man, listen, Dave Frost said, that ain't a problem. That ain't a problem. Yeah, he did. We had we had him on last episode. He said, yeah, still look out for us. But who do you guys think is like the favorite cream of the crop? The favorite to win the, the 5v5 title right now. It's interesting because like you, you have a team like the Sixers, right, who looked really good at 5v5 last time out. You know, they beat the Wiz in, in that mm-hmm. funky finals. Uh, you got the T-Wolves team that is obviously always a threat 5v5 with the way that Bear is playing. You know, Warriors just got mama like this whole thing. But mm-hmm. like. I don't know. I, I just, I still don't think that anybody's better than the Wizards. I just, I, I, I need, I need to see it. Like, I get that no. the Sixers beat them in the turn. Like, I get it. But like, if, it's we need to go look at the context of that of that tournament and realize that like 
The Wizards had just come off of an incredibly emotional series against the T-Wolves. We had literally been hyping that series up for three years. Oh, my God, when are we going to see T-Wolves with? We finally get the series. It lives up to the expectations. Mm -hmm. Like, both teams go all out. It comes, like, the, the entire series comes down to, like, the final minute of the game, and then the Wizards get a 20-minute break, and they just have to play 630 and Dre, and they lose. Like, you give you give the Wiz a full day to prepare for the Sixers. I think that series goes a little different. I, yeah. I know the Sixers had the same time constraints, but for me, when it comes to who is going to win the title in a conventional playoff sense with the series and the game prep and all that stuff, to me, I still don't think there's anyone superior to the Wiz from a mm -hmm. chemistry perspective, a talent yep. perspective. I I I also just if Dave Fry is playing like this now and he's elevated his game in every single playoffs the last two years. I don't, even, I don't even want to know what it's going to look like in August. I, I'm I'm a little terrified for everyone else. So, Derek, what about you? What do you think? Who do you think is the team that's being slept on that we should look forward to as we as we are about as of this recording a month away from the playoffs? The Bucks. The Bucks. The Bucks, the Bucks. The train. The Bucks train. <laughs> the here's, here's the fun thing about the Bucks, right? Is that like there was this hype coming in, and yep. we said it multiple times on the broadcast of like. When are we like Johnny and Cooks are yes they're finally starting to play well but it's like when are they gonna peak to the expectation? Fell off a little bit. Then now all of a sudden they're like the hottest team in the league and I don't even think it's necessarily close with like what they've been doing. They started embracing this like bad boy persona like nobody wants to see us because on the broadcast right they they beat Handles who were undefeated hadn't lost in three v three group play yet and the two K League social goes. An upset by the Bucks, and they were like, <laughs> it's not a damn upset. But I was like, yeah. all right, guys, it is an upset. They were undefeated. Mm -hmm. You weren't. You were, you were kind of like average going into that point. So it is an upset. But you got to credit where it's due. Like, they are going crazy. Obviously, 5v5 is going to be a whole different ball game, too. They're kind of like my dark horse, though, just like on the back burner. To Harris's point, the thing that scares me about the Wiz is what they went through in that last tournament. I don't even think they should have been in that spot. That early should not have went in by B Rich. I'm a game. I'm a two K player. Shooters touch, Dirk. I'm a two K player. I know damn well you shoot early from that spot on the court. That should clank, right? So they have that hell series. Then the Sixers, like I don't even know. Like that. That was. It, it was crazy to see how that played out. It was the most shocking thing I think I might have seen all year long. To see like the Wiz that were just getting like battered that badly by yeah. them because mm -hmm. we haven't seen that in forever you gotta go back to like season one season two like go back that far to see them get blown out so i think for me i still really like the t-wolves but if the Wiz can find if, if cap can like turn it on or b rich can turn it on start to get the scoring up there then yeah like that that's all the Wiz are missing right look at the stats if they just had some like a pg that could go out there score 25 30 a game mm -hmm. they, they annihilate everybody but yeah. they don't so that that's that's the issue but that defensive intensity in the playoffs is different. And people are going to be scared, but the Wiz have been there. They battled through. Mm -hmm. And we, we've seen before that they can just rely on their defense. Even when JBM would have those struggle games. Oh, it takes a couple beards, threes. <laughs> awkward, Dini and Dayfry getting some stops. And then, boom, you got a championship. <laughs> I, I will I will say that. I want you guys, you guys can book this. You can document this now. We oh, will cool. have a huge, huge major upset in the first round of the playoffs this year. Just we with the way have... that – just with the way that the, the league has been trending, like maybe it'll be the ticket winner, one of the conferences taking mm -hmm. down a one seed. Maybe it'll mm -hmm. be like the four seed taking down the two seed or something. I'm not sure exactly what the situation is going to be, but I'm telling you, like one of these teams is going to roll into the playoffs thinking they're the favorite. This, you can just go down the line. Every single year in the playoffs, this happens. You have this one team who comes into the playoffs. They're like, 
we're the hot shit, we're gonna win, mm-hmm. and they just get absolutely B5. popped in the first round of the pick. B5, B5. B5. Well, even more so the B5. How about Mavs Gaming in season two? They go on the 10-game winning streak. They get bought by the Celtics round one of the playoffs. I think like you know, season three, we have this Kingsguard gaming team that's going crazy. The Wizards send them away in the first round <laughs> of the playoffs, right? So, you know, e- even last year, right, the, the T-Wolves get bopped. The Pacers mm-hmm. get killed. You know, the, the Hornets are out of there. By the time we get to the semifinals, the only top two seed left are the Wiz, and they just rolled right to the finals. So I'm telling you, like, there's so much talent this year among these playoff teams that, you know, like, if we get a Western Conference matchup of, like, you know, uh, let's say let's say the five seed in the West is, like, the Jazz. And, like, the, they're, they're, they're going up against the two-seed Warriors. That's still an upset. So one of these teams that we think might win, they 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 go and get caught in the back foot. It's a high upset alert. Be on high, just high, high alert. High, high alert. alert. Just be on the lookout. Happens, happens every year, <laughs> and you can't put it past anyone. It's really, I, I, especially with all these trades that have been happening. It's just a crazy, it's a crazy thing. So one last thing before we wrap up. Again, we are approaching the playoffs. What is one thing to look out for for the two K League season as we approach that time of the year? Is it the trade? Is it the new teams? Like what or? Obviously, look out the MVP rankings that Harris you set up, which you can see online. Uh, you can you can check that out as well. What what should we look out for? Chuck, you go first. <laughs> Put you on spot. Um, just just like overall for the rest of the season. Yeah, overall, yeah. I think it's going to be seeing these teams that kind of like put all their eggs in one basket of like trading away picks to really make like a final push for something and then potentially being put into a very bad spot. If things do not go their way and like the ticket and the steal, Uh, I think that's kind of my biggest thing. I like, I like the award races, but at the same time, I'm just like, you know, it's cool. Yeah. We, we knew you were the best. So I don't really put a whole lot of like hype into that as something to really focus on, but I think it's just going to be these teams who have made these monumental trades, the ones that have gotten rid of a lot of first uh, future picks uh, and, and going down that way. So that's what I'm personally going to be looking out for. And that was like another thing, right? I just, it didn't necessarily go under the radar. I just haven't seen them play yet. It is like the Warriors are automatically right. A contender to try to win the title too. Now they have a consistent shooter with mama. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I'm looking out for. Like going back into these seed weeks at five V five, three V three, we kind of know how it's going to go. Like we're not seeing too many drastic changes, but that's what I'm looking out for. Let's go. I I got I got I, I I've been thinking about this a lot this season because I, I don't think we, we've we've had flashes of it, but we haven't totally seen it yet. Who's going to be the guy? Who who's like like the last two years we get into the playoffs, right? And JBM is just taking over the league, right? You know they win the two titles, he gets the finals MVP, he retires. You know you can go down the list of like candidates that it could be right. It could be Mama, it could be Charlie, it could be Bear, it could be Dave Fry, it could be any of these guys, right? But who's actually going to be the guy, right? Who's going to be the guy that we remember the season five playoffs for? Mm. Because, you know, I don't I don't remember a damn thing about the season three regular season, but I do remember <laughs> JBM entering the playoffs and going absolutely crazy. Like, that's the thing. When you get to this time of year, at, the, at this point, it's, it's all about scoreboards and standings. Right? Like, mm. We don't remember, like, most of the individual performances that happened the first third or first half of the season. We'll remember everything from here on out. We'll remember it forever. We'll, we'll remember the crazy runs that we see from here on out. So who's going to be the guy? Who's going to step up? Because whoever does is probably going to win the title. Like the title mm-hmm. race is wide open. It's wide open. The Wizards don't have a great point guard. The West mm-hmm. is is a complete – excuse my friend. The West is a complete <laughs> shit show right now. Like, there's just – there is no favorite. So who's who's going to take it? Who wants it more? Who wants the title? Because I'll be honest with you, like the, the last 5v5 tournament we had during the turn, to me, it, the only team who looked like – 
they wanted it, like they really wanted it, was the Wiz. Like the Sixers had like a really fun run, like they mm-hmm. took down all those West teams. But I want to see this Sixers team really prove it to me. I want to see 630 get into mm. the playoffs mm. and drop 30 a game. <laughs> I want to see, Dre, you know, Jeff Terrell's like Dre's the MVP. I want to see Dre be the finals MVP. Like I need to see somebody take mm. the mantle from JBM and say, you know what? I'm the best damn player in this league. This is mm. my title. Get the hell out of my way. And we, we just haven't quite seen it yet this year. And I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. I thought it was going to be Bear. thought it was going to be Dave Fry. They've both been really good. But like, mm. I, want, I want to see who, who's going to be the guy. Yeah, they both have their moments, but I think consistently it's going to be hard to see who down the stretch now who takes that mantle. Me personally, I might think it's Mama. I think he has a lot to prove coming onto sure. the Warriors. It's time to win. He has the accolades. He's missing that ring, so I feel like for him to really be able to make this push and be that guy that we know he he's a former MVP of the league, clearly averaging thirty plus points a game. So he's capable of doing it. I think him and CB. I think they'll definitely make some noise. So hopefully it's him. I think it will be him. Or Cooks, obviously, which is a, a dark horse. Cooks. It's got to be a guard. That's the thing, yeah. too. Because, like, they're the ones that always steal the show, right? They're mm-hmm. the flashy putting up this amount of points unless somehow the centers just go out there and start dropping, like, 30, 20 consistently. <laughs> so, yeah, no, like, it's – that. that's, like, where that pressure has come from because we have seen some, like, star-studded performances. But everything I, – I mean, it's good to see that as the years have gone on in the league, things aren't completely solidified. Like, this guy's 100% the MVP. This guy's 100% this. Now it's like, you're like, damn, I, I don't know which way, like, the pendulum swings. Is mm-hmm. it, like, is it this? So, that, I mean, I always say that's a really good thing for the league. I would rather go into award races, uh, championship predictions, being like, I don't I don't know who's going to do this, <laughs> than be like, oh, yeah, this team, like, easily. They're, they're going to go through and do this again. Well, we'll definitely see. The playoffs is mm-hmm. right around the corner. It's going to be an exciting time. Go. We're going to see. We're going to go. We're going to see if we can go to yes, stay, yes, go yes, to India yes. ourselves, see you guys in person, say what up, uh, mingle, talk all that stuff. Maybe we'll talk it to two in the morning with some drinks. We'll see. <laughs> we don't know. Like you guys no, we, need to, we need to get you guys on stage on the league build. Oh, oh. Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready for the league build stage. I'm ready. Well, I'm ready hey, for this. I don't know when this is going <laughs> to drop, but they're about to have me one-on-one JT on the league build, so that'll be exciting. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, no, no, no. I honestly, I need, I, I, I don't I don't even know who I want to win that, but <laughs> I, you know, I guess I'm rooting for you, but I also want JT to win just so India doesn't have anything to say oh. against JT because I've been loving their rivalry all season. That's why I said, I was like, what do we 1v1? I was like, well, I said, the only thing you can 1v1 in the league goes guards because you can't put the ball down the floor as a big man. Like, I tried to do that yesterday when I was playing EG. And I'm like, you can't do anything as a big man this year. Like, you dribble and, like, you you get, like, a somebody blows on you and all of a sudden you pick it up. Like, you can't do much. So, I sat there. I said to him, I was like, if it's one-on-one on guard, he's going to whoop my ass. I said, I might get some flukies. I might go out there on, like, the uh, – was it the three-point playmaker two or play shot two and just start dunking the ball if I can and then hope that my AIs bail me out. But we'll see. Well, we'll definitely see. And if it doesn't work out, you will hear it on the broadcast. <laughs> That's the downside. <laughs> so um, that'll do it for this edition of the Reaching the Teaching Podcast. We went a little over than we wanted to. So we apologize. But we thank you guys so much for sticking around and sticking with us. We really enjoyed this interview. If you guys want to learn about the journalism industry, you want to learn about broadcasting, these are the guys you pay attention to. Them, the whole crew, they're a great crew. We've enjoyed the broadcast. And we hope to see what you guys have cooking for us as we approach the end of the season. If you want to uh, check out NBA 2K League, it's NBA 2K League on IG, Twitter. Sports Team is right there. You can check it out on his Twitter. 
Dirk underscore JDR. That's where you find them on Twitter as well. And you can check us out, Reaching and Teaching on no G. IG. No G. No G. No G. <laughs> Reaching and Teaching on IG, CI Esports on Twitter. Dirk, we appreciate the follow. I saw that last night. I was like, thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, stay tuned for more. Well, um, this is a fun episode. We look yeah. forward to what you guys think. So appreciate subscribe it, guys. and check it out, guys. Take care, guys. Take care. Yeah. yeah.